Right. So, so every, every family has different dynamics and those, dyna those dynamics, like you said, Charlie, could run from personal issues to actually not understanding business and not understanding how business runs. Welcome to the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of The Power of Respect in Business. Charlie is one of America's foremost authorities on respect and leadership development in family business. And now, here's Charlie. Hello, I'm Charlie Likewise. Welcome to another episode of the Power of Respect podcast. Today, we are talking about respect and bringing people together. My guest today is Adriano Pedrelli. Adriano is a strategic business leader with experience in leading small and mid-market companies. He co-founded a financial services organization specializing in providing succession planning and other services related to closely held organizations. Adriano has served on the board of various Wintrust banks, as well as private and nonprofit boards. He recently led Waste Dry and Impact Polymer as president and CEO. Welcome, Adriano. Great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's let's talk about your experience. You've had a lot of experience with some family-owned businesses, the bringing people together. Uh, let's talk about your experience with that and and how respect played a role in that sort of thing. And then we'll get into some of the details of the challenges of that. Well, uh, I, you know, I first like to start off with and say, you know, it's uh, it's not one box fitting all, right? And um, so 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 when it comes to that. It, it it depends on where where they are in the in the family. Uh, what I would say uh, pecking order, I guess, and and how long how long the succession plan has has been in place. So in in some in some respects, um, there is a, a formation of uh, of uh, of an entity in order to in order in order to create the succession plan. And when that, when that happens, that's when there's a structure to, to create what would be the respect part of the, of, of the, of the, of the organization of, of who to, who to deal with and how to deal with them. Mm -hmm. And so as you, as you've worked with these organizations and you've seen the evolution of you know, the family and the business coming together, what are some of the significant challenges you see that those families have had and, and how have you uh, helped them with that? Well, I would say the, the term that I use the most is unfulfilled expectation. So there are times when, and this goes not only for the patriarch, but for, for the successors, there are times when the patriarch it, has this expectation of a certain certain person in the family taking over. And that person is either not capable or that person is unwilling to do so, or that person doesn't have the uh, capacity to do so. And on the flip side, there are times when there's a chosen person to do it and it's, it's totally the wrong person to take over. And I, and I specifically have dealt with a family specifically where, where they were grooming one of the children to take over. And, and that, that child, while he wanted to take over, did not have the skill set in any way, shape, or form to do that. Mm 
And because the other, the other child um, was younger, uh, the other child was of, of a different sex, uh, they didn't feel that that other, other child would be able to take over. The reality was that that other child was the one who had the capacity, who had the ability, and who when, when did not didn't take over, uh, went and started their own organization and became much more successful. So do you think that uh, in terms of the biases people have, in this case, it may have been a, a gender bias, um, that biases affect the cultural decisions these families make? Well, I think, I think, <laughs> I would tell you that er, er, early on when I was doing this, I think that was a great, that was a greater issue. I think, I think now it, it's, it's less of an issue, but I, but I also, uh, but I also still believe that it is an issue. Um, and that's something you have to, you have to pay attention to. Um, similar, similar to, similar to the fact that um, in, a, in another situation that I worked on uh, for many, many years, um, the succession plan was that the, that the wife was supposed to take over for the husband. And the wife was extremely talented, the wife was, was extremely educated. And if it wasn't for the fact that we didn't create a plan and didn't create a process in order for, for her to, to be involved in the business, <clears throat> The, the, the employees of the business uh, would have not have accepted her. And so there are not only biases from the standpoint of, of within the family, but there's biases from the standpoint of the employees that you might be leading in the organization. So, so it's, 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 a, it's a very, um, um, what's the word I wanna use? Uh, um, it's a very complicated uh, issue when it comes to succession planning because it involves everybody that's involved, and that includes that that includes the people that you're leading. No, that makes perfect sense. That that's good advice. It it, it it would make a case what you're talking about. Make a case for generational engagement to start early on in the process of generations, both with each other within the family and then their exposure to the business, understanding what the business is, what their products are, what they do for the communities they're in, what they do for the associates, et cetera. Is that, is that what you find as well works best? Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, because, because if there isn't immediate engagement, there's a level of immaturity that occurs when, let's say children realize that, that their father or mother have grown, grown a business to a, 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 large, a large revenue source. And, and what happens is, is if they don't have that level of maturity to understand what that means and what, how important that is to the family, um, they, take that as, they take that as, well, they should be deserving of it, and therefore, um, they, don't, they don't take care of it as well. Yeah, they, they can take it for granted or become complacent with it. Thank you. You, you, you have the exact words that I wanted to use, Charlie. <laughs> That's... No, that's fair. So what, what are some of the better things you've seen in, in the culture of families that have been successful versus not? Any thoughts there? Well, the most successful things, the, the most successful things I've seen in terms of that is, is the indoctrination of the fact that, that, that the business is a very important part of the, of the family. 
and and that and that everybody is an integral part and plays an integral part in in this business, whether they are actually involved directly in the business or whether they whether they have a peripheral role. Um, for instance, uh, they could they could be part of uh, one of the charitable organizations of the business that's important for the business. Mm-hmm. And and I and I and I and I believe that you know a constant a constant conversation with the family is important to help them maintain their understanding of of the importance of of their role in not only in the organization but also um, in the business. Right. Well, so what are some of the things you've done to bring people together in these in these circumstances, or even non-family related circumstances in business? Some of the things, some of the things that that we we've, we've done to to bring people together is is role playing, um, and what I mean by that is something that I alluded to previously. Is if there is is a successor that that is going to come into the business, that successor should start to take start to take the chair of 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 the person that they're replacing, and that's important because that also will accept will will. Um, Create acceptance not only not only within the family but also within the employees that it might be taking might be lead, they might be leading. Okay, so that that's one thing is is the role playing. Have you seen this work with with respect to board of directors and bringing people on as associates or or at least being able to witness or or be mentored by a board member of the company? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think. I, I think the the shadowing the shadowing of a board is is really important. Um, as 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 we say many times, and as I've as I've coached some people who have recently joined boards, I've say I always say, you know, the first couple the first couple board meetings, try not to say anything, and it's the rule is always nose in fingers out, and 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 that's what's important. That's what's important um, with with the observation, and that's what's important with a family member observing the etiquette, the process, um, those types of things that are important in a successful in a successful board meeting and a successful conversation within board meetings. Right, and it seems that that kind of training and understanding would work well in other leadership roles in the business were they to be taking those roles going forward in the future. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, maybe some of the the experiences you've had on boards you've been on, where there's been, let's say, conflict and how it was resolved. I'm sure you've seen some examples of people disagreeing in those environments. Yeah, there's been a <laughs> there's been a few of those examples. Obviously, the the best way to resolve a conflict is to to lay down the facts, lay down the facts of the issues, and to understand what the mission of the organization is. And so, one of the things that, uh, especially in in one of the companies that I was a partner in, I had five partners, and we had monthly board meetings. Uh, we would we would deviate we would deviate from 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 the mission because we all would have personal personal. Uh, either issues that would affect our situ our situations or decisions, or we would have we would have outside influences, 
And so when those came into play, what you concentrate on is what the mission is and what the agreement is uh, between between this, in our case, between this, the six of us. Uh, and so that's that's one of the key areas is that. Um, the other thing that, you, that the, you also have to understand in some of these conflicts, it's important to listen to the other person because the conflict might be because of your your lack of your your lack of of listening or you're putting up a wall in terms of what you believe is is right and it's it's important to listen and and I do since I'm a fiery italian i do i do you know i do i do know that sometimes i have to mull things over and so sometimes i need 24 hours to do that so so i so i think i think it's also important that when people have thoughts, uh, as we have done in, in some of the board meetings that I'm in, when, when people have thoughts, they jot those thoughts down and they and and they send them to the other person, so that way that other person can mull them over. Um, because usually, when when that happens, usually what happens is is you know reason, reasoning takes place, and and that's better than you know than being in the in the fire of the moment. Well. That's good advice. Absolutely. Um, in terms of, of, of listening, I, I know that I've learned lessons on listening over time as well. Uh, and I think it's a it's a, one of the biggest signs of respect when you listen or listen longer, as I've learned over time, to another person. Um, being able to respect the, the their point of view to hear it out completely, because sometimes you may find when they finally get it all out, it's not exactly what you thought they were saying or where they were going. Well, right. So you come, you come, you come in with you come in with these expectations. You come in with this already all what I call already always thinking. So you're already anticipating what he or she is going to say, and so automatically, once you anticipate that, you've already shut out what they're actually saying. And it, it's it's really important to turn that off. It really is important to, to say to yourself, "This is something new that that person is going to say. I've never heard it before." And that's how that's the attitude that you have to take when you are listening to somebody. Yeah, because to your point, when you shut it off, they can tell you're not listening. Right. And then <laughs> not, they get more frustrated. Right. So and it goes up the emotional scale to the point of even potentially anger. And then of course communication falls. Well, apart. And, and then and then all of a sudden they're saying to themselves, see, he this is the hub what he does all the time. He doesn't listen. This what he all he shuts me off. And and, and that's where it really that's where it really starts. And I think right. I think I think a lot of a lot of times. Well, I know that in the board meetings I've been in, not only not only in the in those, but even in the bank board meetings, sometimes it's just a small fact that that is misunderstood that all of a sudden creates a large problem. And so, so sometimes you have to dig down deep and see, understand those facts before before you even say anything. And I think right. that's also one of the things I think. I think sometimes there's misunderstanding the board meetings because people are not prepared. And that's the one challenge I've always found at, at board meetings is that some people are simply not prepared. And when they're not prepared, they're not prepared really to understand what the issues and the challenges are of that situation. Right, and that, those words work well even outside the boardroom relative to managing a business. Right, and they work very well with family offices. Tell us about some of your experience with family offices. I'm sure, without mentioning any names. 
Well, um, I mean, what would you like to know? I mean, um, you know, they're all they're all they're all very they're all very different. Um, I, I like to say that one shoe, you know, one shoe doesn't fit all. Um, unlike a car where you can drive it, it has four wheels and it has a steering wheel, you might be a bad driver, but you can know how to press the gas and and press the brake, hopefully. But in a shoe, if you got if if you put on a size five shoe and you're a size 10 foot, it's just not going to work regardless of regardless of how you try to make it work. And and I think and I think I think with with family offices, I think it's I think that's one of the challenges. I think sometimes families want to create this family office and they want to create it in the in the same vein as another family. Um, the reality is the dynamics are different, uh, the challenges are different, uh, and so it's it's more difficult. It's more difficult to do that, and I think it's a case by case basis on on how you work with family offices, because I I, I think it's not only about personalities, but it's also about it's also about uh, history that might have happened within a family office, and and. One of the challenges I have found is really the challenge, uh, the biggest challenge is really the challenge of putting the wrong person in the seat. And how do you how do you change the mind of the patriarch from 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 change from doing that? How do you how do you convince that patriarch to not do that? And I've had a I had a situation where that did occur, and and we did finally convince the patriarch not to put that person in the seat. Uh, it, well, there were a lot of hurt feelings. Um, there was a there was um, a lot of stomping on the feet, I would say, um, and 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 that's where and that's where the challenge is. And 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 what you have to do is convince them that that they play a more important role in a different in a different side of the family. Right. And do you do you see the benefit then of sort of two? elements of the organization one is the operating company and it's either leadership and or board if there is a board and then the family or family council side of it uh to to be able to to have the two separately meet and understand each other and then try to bring it together the the concepts well i i think i think the family council the family council or the overreaching board or whatever however you want to term it i think it's really really important i also think it's important because um, when you have something like a family council, um, what you can do is you you can you can put together some outsiders in that family council to really help to to really help the the, the let's call them the kids really help the kids um, understand what the what the issues are from somebody that's independent from the family and. And I and I think that's you know that's that's one of the things that uh, with with one of the small family offices that I worked worked with, uh, what we did is we surrounded the son with uh, outside outside members as his as his advisors, and there were members that he actually uh, went out and sought and we interviewed, so he felt comfortable with the, with those individuals. Um, and in this small family office, I think I think that was very beneficial for him and for his success. For his success, um, so yes, yeah, so I, I think there's a big benefit in terms of having an overreaching council, as you might call it, uh, to to help to help an organization. 
Right. If one of our uh, guests on this show also sort of described it as therapy, uh, they said that they actually brought a therapist on board relative to one of the outsiders to help the the family office or the family council uh, understand how to deal with conflict. Absolutely, and 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 in some of those situations, that's 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 very much needed um, because there could be so many different dynamics within within a family, and you know it it could be re related to second marriages, it could be related to, to any other psychological issue that somebody might have, personal psychological issues, um, and that's why I said in the beginning that one you know uh, one shoe doesn't fit all. Because all the all the issues of fa of families and family offices are affected by their their own personal lives, and and that that can be that can run the gamut of what what that can mean. Right now, that makes sense. So, in terms of bringing people together, as you say, not one shoe fits all, size fits all. You're talking about the ability to understand where and whom the additional folks necessary to help people understand. The communication processes, their mindset, and therefore be best at bringing people together, which again could be someone in, in the area of therapy, could be someone in the area of business acumen, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, so every, every family has different dynamics and, and those, dyna those dynamics, like you said, Charlie, could run from, from personal, personal issues to, um, to actually not understanding business and not understanding how business runs. So, so you can have a, you can have a very talented person, but they, they might they might have a, a certain ignorance in, in various areas of, of of the family business, or or a certain ignorance in the various personally, and so those are the things that you have to figure out what they are, and you have to dig deep to figure out what it exactly is that a family needs in order to have a good succession plan and. And to get not only from the first generation to the second generation, but pass it from the second generation to the third generation. And that's, that's one of the important things. And I think everyone should realize that typical, a typical family business um, doesn't pass from the first to, passes from the first to the second, but not from the second to the third. And that's also because of the dynamics of the family. And, and so those in, in a family office won't be successful if you don't solve those dynamics and it won't be long-term if you don't solve those dynamics up front. Yeah, it definitely affects the ability to create a legacy. Yes, it does. What, what advice, I mean, you've talked about some of it in terms of your, but what, how would you sum up your advice relative to a family in terms of understanding how to bring people together, how to understand conflict, how to understand communication strategies, et cetera, that might help them? Well, I would I would tell them to take in a, a, a very, um, what would I call it, a, a conscious inventory of who they really are, first of all. Um, that's the first thing. And second, I would, I would tell them that they have to, once they understand who they are and what they want to accomplish, that they have to seek out the right person or people in order to help them accomplish that because it will be very difficult for them to do it within their own family. There's too many biases. And quite frankly, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of effort and it takes you away from the things that are important for the family and for the family business and, 
to the family office. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to find the, the the right players in order to do that. Oh, that makes that makes perfect. That's good advice as well. Is there anything else you want to add at this point uh, for our listeners relative to family businesses or you know your experience in terms of helping bring people together? Um, not not that I can think of right now. I I hope we've covered all the the gambit of this. Yeah, we, I think we have, you know, because what you talked about, the generational engagement aspects that affect succession planning, affect ultimately governance, which is decision making within businesses, et cetera. So I think that uh, the advice you're giving is another example to people who are struggling to find out what is the right mix of people and time to do this. Agreed. I want to thank Adriano Pedrelli for being with us today. And I especially want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Power of Respect podcast. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the podcast and visit our website at expertsinhow.com. A quick reminder, if you'd like to read my book, The Power of Respect in Business, it's available on Amazon. I also want to let you know that a, a new book is coming out soon called The Power of Legacy and Family Business. So look for that on Amazon as well. Thanks again for listening. And remember, respect builds trust, trust builds relationships, and relationships are the key to leadership. Thank you. This has been the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of the book, The Power of Respect in Business. To listen to more episodes and to learn about Charlie's leadership development programs, visit his website, expertsinhow.com.